Uh, I appreciate that. Now, see, kids, if you'd been sitting on the front row, you'd have had room to do that. <laughs> Instead of bumping into each other and all the chairs and stuff. Just a word. Just a little encouragement for you there. We are talking about the motivational gifts, and uh, this is in the context of a series on unity we have entitled Unite. Uh, it is obvious... And I, I glanced, I didn't do what I used to do when I sat on the platform and I just watched you. But I, I would glance over my shoulder and, and uh, when, when some people, uh, the kids were trying to but didn't have room, some people were just kind of getting after it and the rest of you were kind of like. <laughs> and uh, we're, so, we're, we're in such a strain that you couldn't even smile. I mean, go ahead and smile. It's funny, okay? Somebody like me moving, that's funny, all right? And, uh, and you, you see the diversity. You see the difference. How can this kind of diversity be one? Well, it's easy for God. It's just called a divine miracle. The rest of us don't have a prayer to get there. And I can unite with several of you where our ages are similar, our backgrounds are similar, our political views are similar, our musical tastes are similar, our tastes in pulpit style are similar. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's probably a dozen of you I could just get real close to. And the rest of you need to get a life. You see? And that's the way we are. How then does God have nerve to call us to be one? Jesus even prayed the night before he was uh, sacrificed, the night before he died. He prayed that we might be one. And when Jesus prays for something, it's not off the wall, number one. Number two, it's not off the wall to expect it. To happen if we just get in the spirit. Ferdy gave you the key. It's not about you. Or said more kindly perhaps. It's not about my taste in music. It's not about my taste in pulpit style. It's not about my um, whether I want to move or not. It, you know I moved when I was a kid. I moved very poorly. My wife I, did not encourage me to dance before the Lord, and so I don't. So I don't, I don't care for that. Thank you. It's too much trouble, and I might fall down. But it's not about me. It's not about my taste or my stumble-footedness. Okay? Now, that was kinder, wasn't it? I could have said all that about you. But... Just You just take that and apply that. So the Lord then calls us to unity. And I'm here to tell you, I believe it's not only possible, it's probable for people who just want to know God and walk with Him. Stuff will come in. You will have a PhD. And the next guy will not have bothered to get his GED. 
And you can be one in Christ Jesus, work together, enjoy the blessings of God together, be ministered to by the same songs and the same sermon. How does that happen? There is a Holy Spirit. And he loves you and wants to get in your face and heal everything that's busted. You know busted? Heal everything in you that is just broken, crushed by life, crushed by the past. I want to get us, uh, Barry was just prophesying this morning when he came up at the, at the opening of the service. Uh, and I want us to get this, those of us who have been crushed by the past, I want us to keep those words and just invert the order. I want, I want the past to be crushed by God. If old things are passed away and all, and, and this, is, this is the smart aleck line, what is it about all that you don't understand? All things are become new, then the past can be crushed by God in our life, in our experience. In our expectation, if you've always failed, you have something to get over because you're going to get over failing because that's the past and all things are become new and God intends for you to be victorious. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord for this church, dear ones. This is the word for today. Uh, that thing I gave a while ago you're right where you're supposed to be. You remember that just before the, the communion? That, that was a word of, from one of our pastor's prayer partners. They had it last week and uh, didn't give it. And just, it just, it's back because it's where we are. You are where you're supposed to be. Don't look out for the geographic cure. There's not any such thing because you take you, the problem, with you. And you get to have pain in a new setting that way. That's, that's the power of the geographic cure. New surroundings. Same old pain. Because it's the same old you. But the past is gone. The scripture says, and boy, that's hard to do. I've been working on this now for really hard for the last few weeks because the Holy Spirit has just been getting in our face. And then Barry gets up and prophesies that, and it's like, okay, it's time to start talking about it, and it's time to start talking loudly and long about it, lengthily, if you need correct grammar. So God is with us, and I want you to know that the the text is the same as it has been for the last several weeks, it's, and I'm not going to read it, because we are down to the last uh, three verses of Romans 12, beginning with verse 1, going through verse 8, and so verse 6 says, we have gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him work hard, govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, last week we talked about the, the aspects of the gift 
uh, of prophecy. And we called this guy a prophet, this gal, whoever this is. And this is, this is what I want you to know. You will have one of these gifts that will probably be the number one in your life. You will probably have two more that are very, very prominent and perhaps two more that are identifiable and the last two you can't find, okay? And it will, for every one of us, it will be a different mix. Uh, in the study of this, a few weeks ago when I started this, uh, to, to study this because this is old material to some of you, and it's old material to me. I studied it and uh, had never, ever been able to identify prophet in me. And it's like, oh, my goodness. That's part of who I am. And I told you about uh, saying that I couldn't find prophet in me to some of our prayer partners. And the response was, oh, pastor, we see you as very prophetic. But I didn't. And so it's because... My number one gift is has some aspects that just deny the prophet part. So that you, anyway, this will, this will become clearer as we go along. And uh, if you'd like, be sure and take notes. However, I hope to put this together in some kind of a form that you can take with you, so that you have all of these lists for yourself. So today we come to number three: teacher. The teacher is about clarifying truth. It's he's about indoctrination this is the ability to impart knowledge and to lead others into revealed truth it is the motivation to search out and validate truth which has been declared and it meets mental or intellectual needs a teacher would be heard saying god wants us to understand sound teaching and be properly taught in the truth of the word very very important um, placed in the body I have some of this, and uh, it makes study easier, and you will identify that statement as we go through these characteristics. Number one, the teacher wants to present truth in a logical, systematic way, loves to validate truth by intensive research, would rather study and research truth than teach it sometimes, loves to study words and their precise meanings. Uses biblical illustrations. Resists scripture being used out of context. Drives them nuts. Avoids the use of non-biblical quotations and examples. Is concerned that truth should be presented in its complete context. <clears throat> More objective than subjective in the application of the word of God. Emphasizes. Hard word. Emphasizes facts. And the accuracy of words develops and uses a large vocabulary. This person will test the source of knowledge of others who teach. You want to teach? The teacher will be checking you out. Prefers teaching believers to engaging in evangelism. The teacher feels that this gift is foundational to the operation of the other gifts. This person solves problems by starting with Scripture and then uh, relating it to experience. In other words, you exegete Scripture first and then you exegete life. Number 15, needs to certify statements made by others just because you said doesn't mean I believe it. 
tends to validate new truth by established systems of truth, may give teaching credentials before speaking and require them from others before listening, delights in researching and reporting as many facts on a subject as possible, um, emphasizes the importance and accuracy of reporting, exhibits an alertness to factual detail unnoticed or unmentioned by others, tends to remain silent until new information has been heard, observed, and discussed, needs to exercise diligence and endurance. This person will press on through, needs students to learn what they are teaching. I was in a class, um, it, was an, it was an undergraduate Greek class, and uh, it was really interesting because we had this brilliant teacher, and I had identified him as, as being a, a motivated teacher, but he would make the rest of us hold off. If somebody were lagging behind, he intended for everybody to get it all. It was really interesting. They need you to learn. The problems is that this person can neglect the practical application of truth. Here is truth. What do I do with it? I don't know. It's it's truth. Number two, slow to accept the viewpoints of others due to their strong personal convictions. It's very possible for a teacher to develop pride in their study and their knowledge And may bore others with the many details of their research. You could see that one coming. May lack personality warmth, become legalistic and dogmatic. Easily sidetracked. Has unfinished projects, unread books, etc. Discounting practical wisdom of uneducated people. Uh, If you don't have letters behind your name, the teacher, if he's not not healthy, uh, may just not learn anything from you. Communicating skepticism toward their own teachers. Criticizing sound teaching because of technical flaws. Depending on human reasoning rather than the Holy Spirit's teaching, this person, if not healthy, can give information which lacks practical application and can retreat into their own world of study and books. A psychologist would say... A, a, a therapist, I should say, would say this person will be uh, most tempted by arrogance. Thank you. The next person we're going to look at is the encourager. The encourager is interested in personal progress, in being encouraged. The, he's, this person has the ability to encourage people to grow and meet successfully the experiences of life. They have the motivation to stimulate the faith and personal growth of others, and this meets personal needs. You might hear an encourager say, God wants us to know how to enter into life abundantly and show forth the life of Christ in all we do. The characteristics of this encourager person is that he loves to teach and encourage others to live victoriously and attain full spiritual maturity in Christ. It's about growing up. Wants a visible response when teaching or speaking. Big deal to an encourager. Prefers to apply truth rather than research it. Avoids systems of information that lack practical application. If it doesn't affect my life, I don't want to know about it. 
loves to prescribe precise steps of action in urging people toward spiritual maturity. You have this problem. If you do these four things, you'll be fine. You should identify some of these terms. Encourages others to develop in their personal ministry. Finds truth and experience and validates it with scripture. In other words, the person, the encourager, exegetes life and then applies scripture and exegetes scripture in relationship to life. Loves to do personal counseling. Will, however, discontinue personal counseling if no effort to change is seen. Make progress or we're done. Dislikes teaching that is not followed by practical application. Views trials as opportunities and motivators to spiritual growth and can welcome them personally. That'll give you something to praise God for. Or, wow, we're going to get to know God like we've never because of this. Accepts people where they are, non-judgmental. An ability to discern where a person is in spiritual growth and to speak on that level. They have a drive to explain truth with logical reasoning or to make it accepted. There's this drive. That's the motivation. They have an ability to visualize spiritual achievement for people and use this to motivate them to action. They'll draw you a picture of where you can be and encourage you to go for it. An ability, uh, let's go back one. A desire for face-to-face discussion in order to determine and ensure a positive response. Or said another way, if I can just talk to you, I can fix you. An ability to identify with people of different types and backgrounds in order to gain a wider hearing. They have a motivation to bring harmony between diverse groups of Christians and an awareness that harmony is basic to spiritual maturity. They are greatly loved by others due to a positive attitude and outlook and can usually see two sides to a question. Now, you see this person running up beside a prophet, and this prophet is saying black and white, and this encourager walks up and says, on the other hand, it drives the prophet crazy. So you see that in this, we are learning to accept each other because we are put together differently. God made us as different in our makeup inside as he did in our thumbprint. Now, an encourager can, if he's not healthy, can have these problems. He will tend to interrupt others in eagerness to give advice or opinion. I have sat in dozens of counseling sessions. Person opens their mouth about the third sentence in. I'm having to discipline myself to shut up and listen. Good counselors listen. But I have the answer. And I blame it on the Holy Spirit. I say I have a word of prophecy. I'm telling myself this. You know what I'm trying to say? Shut up. Listen. This is important. They need to tell you this. But I can fix them. Now that's not a healthy part of the encourager prefers to witness with the life rather than through verbal witnessing 
when they're not healthy may use scriptures out of context in order to make a point now personally I have enough teacher in me that I don't like to do that as a matter of fact the teacher kind of rises up right about that time but but that's a serious thing because scripture needs to be taken in context and th- if you if you're an encourager watch out for yourself maybe cut and dry it in prescribing steps of action to the person being counseled just you do this This person can be outspoken, can openly disagree, very opinionated if they're not healthy, may become very independent and overconfident, Uh, may raise the expectation of others prematurely. Um, That's really interesting. And then, of course, the family can suffer because this person loves to counsel so much that they take family time when they should be at home and they're counseling out here. Treating family and friends as projects rather than persons. I've never done that, so I wouldn't know about that. Sharing private illustrations without permission. God help us. Jumping into new projects without finishing existing ones. Encouraging others to depend on the encourager rather than God and their own authorities. Trusting visible results rather than a true change of heart. This person unhealthily operating can neglect proper emphasis on basic Bible doctrines and uh, can actually give counsel before uh, discerning the type of person or problem. A therapist would say this person is most liable for burnout. Now, let me, let me take you to an, another picture of unity. There's a gal told the story that she said when I was a kid my mom liked to make breakfast food for dinner every now and then and I remember one night in particular when she had made breakfast after a long hard day at work on that evening so long ago my mom placed a plate of egg sausage and extremely burned biscuits in front of my dad I remember waiting to see if anyone noticed yet all my dad did was reach for his biscuit smile at my mom and asked me how my day was at school. I don't remember what I told him that night, but I do remember watching him smear butter and jelly on that biscuit and ate every bite. When I got up from the table that evening, I remember hearing Mom apologize to my dad for burning the biscuits, and I'll never forget what he said. Honey, I love burned biscuits. (laughs) Later that night, I went to kiss Daddy goodnight, and I asked him if he really liked his biscuits burned. (laughs) He wrapped me in his arms and said, your mama put in a hard day at work today, and she's really tired. And besides, a little burned biscuit never hurt anyone. This gal continues, life is full of imperfect things and imperfect people. I'm not the best at hardly anything. And I forget birthdays and anniversaries just like anyone else. But what I've learned over the years is that learning to accept each other's faults and choosing to celebrate each other's differences is, the, is one of the most important keys to creating a healthy, growing, and lasting relationship. And then she continues, and that's my prayer for you today, that you will learn to take the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of your life and lay them at the feet of God. Because in the end, he's the only one who will be able to give you a relationship where a burnt biscuit isn't a deal breaker. We could extend this to any relationship. In fact, understanding this is the basis 
of any relationship, whether it be husband, wife, parent, child, or friendship. And then she, she said, don't put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. Keep it in your own. And so, please pass me a biscuit. And yes, the burned one will do just fine. And I would like to remind you that every person you meet is fighting some kind of a battle. May we pray. Father, because you have made us so very different from...